Yo, I'm Craig Yo. I, uh, with my wife, Cletia, we do Yo books for IDW, and we do classic collections of cool old great comics, uh, mostly pre-code, uh, gems from the golden age, and we do book, hardback book collections of these things. I hope you check them out. YoBooks.com. That's Y-O-E books.com but especially this is the podcast you've been waiting for listen now that's nice that was very strong was it i thought so okay yeah. It's, it's it's been a long time weekend, so I, I I'm a little shot. I really don't know what's what would be strong and what would be. I'm so confused. Rained in. So. <laughs> I don't hear the pitter patter of little feet. No. Little delicately manicured feet. <laughs> well, he's probably on mute anyway. Oh yeah. Well, the couch. I think the couch is being reupholstered, so he has nowhere that's to sit. Right, that's he right. can't record. Well, he could probably sit on the floor. The, the the snowball would still need to be perched on the yes on the sofa arm. Get this man a sofa arm. He needs to record. <laughs> Most people use a mic stand. Not him. Nope. Not him. No. 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 Refuses to use luxury it. Luxury over here. Good God. He can afford the world's best boom mic, and he just. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna put on the the get like ghetto. Put it on the, the arm of the couch. <laughs> I'm so bougie. <laughs> yeah, he's bougie. <laughs> oh, I love him. I now, miss him. Now, see, here's the deal. When we recorded live two episodes ago, uh-huh. they said, I forget who it was in the Facebook, said, I love hearing Jason. Di- oh, yes. What yeah, was he digging at me on? I don't remember. I don't remember what I said that he was jumping on me for. Cause well, I- that's like, <laughs> that was like me when everybody was... Talking about the end of that episode, and, and I'm like, what the hell did we say to each other? Exactly. So, yeah. Because we're in the moment, and, and seriously, and it's not like, I wish I had time to go back and, and listen to episodes, but since right. I, I don't listen I'm at there, all. I really can't. And and it's, honestly, there's there's never been a script, so this is all just stream of consciousness, whatever we say to each other, the way we would say it, face-to-face, as everybody witnessed audibly last week right. it's just it's one of those things where um once i say it even if even things that because i don't write things down i mean i write things down that, that i want to touch on if we're talking about a book but i yeah so if if i wouldn't be in the future please if if you're going to refer to something that was said on the show you're talking to me oh no you're talking no, to, to the audience talk yeah. to the listeners Give us a timestamp. Give us something so we know where exactly was it early in the night right. before we started drinking? Yep. Was yep. it later in the night after we've had way too much to drink? So and we, we need a little bit of frame of reference. Yeah. My brain is like a buffer. When it empties, it's gone. I mean, right. when I say what I have to say or what I have planned to say, after I've said it, I don't remember what I said. It's gone. I'm I'm moving on to the next thing. I'm thinking about. Well, you'll hear. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You'll hear what I'm thinking about because this. How about that? Is eleven o'clock comics, episode five hundred and forty-eight. Damn. And I am Vince B. 
Oh, you are Vince B. And I am David A. Price. And I'm Willy Wonka. No, you're not. You're not Jason Wood because you're not here. You're you're absent Wood. Because Jason has some kind of requirement that makes him not be here. I don't even know what it is, but he's busy and he can't be here. And that's okay. Dap and I will hold down the fort, bullpen bulletin style, and uh, bring you what you want to hear from the books you want to hear about. I hope. Well, one of them you're probably not going to want to hear about from me, but you're going to because I've been deficient in talking about this book. And um, you know where you can get all these books that we talk about week in and week out? Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you, Mr. and Mrs. Comic Book Aficionado, can get all the books you want for less than what everybody else is paying. Now, we're, we're bearing down on the final order date. So this is definitely the last time that you are going to hear these special spotlight picks from us because the new previews catalog is out. That's a sure indication that you have very little time to place your order. But before you do, make it's sure like you... It's directed at me. No. Well, yeah, kind of. But listen to this from Dynamite. It is the further adventures of Red Sonia. I like to think the man that made Red Sonia the fan favorite character she is, Frank Thorne, is present in this volume, as is Roy Thomas, another dude who has a history with the barbarians. This book uh, totals more than 200 pages, and it is priced at a respectable 1999, but that is not, that's nowhere near what you're going to pay, you can get it for $9.99. Do the math. That's 50% off. You will not find that price anywhere else, including Amazon. Guaranteed. From IDW and Black Crown, it's The House Amok. Written by Christopher Sabela and art by Sean McManus. I can't wait for this book. It's the first issue of a new series Price is three ninety nine. Again, you're smart. You know where to go. You're gonna bring this home for a dollar ninety nine. And last but certainly not least, Dinosaurs, Nick Patara, sign me up. It is called Leviathan. First issue of which is uh, in this previews order is written by John Lehman, and this bad boy is priced at three ninety nine, the going rate, unfortunately. But you can get it for $1.99. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped, all safe and secure. Dingy dong, it's the man with the box, my favorite dude, bringing my comics right to my home. DCBService.com. That's it. Nice. I've said all I want to, yeah. You have a thank you, or should we just sag right on into the drink roll call? I think... Uh, we should, well, I do have a thank you. It arrived yesterday. It was the last of my commissions from Heroes. It is beautifully illustrated by the person who's done the album art you're looking at right now, Jonathan Gordon. Um, is a gift for my wife and it looks stunning. I will scan it. Um, but I know Jonathan also has posted it on Instagram today, so uh, he may have a image to upload. But I will 
scan it and post it myself. Uh, but like I said, that arrived yesterday. So I want to thank him for, um, I know he wanted to have it done for heroes. Um, I was a late request, so I, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with, uh, him not rushing through it or, or, or having it done by the time we all left heroes. So, um, thanks to the post office for delivering it. Thank you to Jonathan for, uh, beautifully rendering it. And, uh, my wife is quite taken aback by it, so thank you. She saw it already. She un she unwrapped it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I I I wasn't. I was looking at the meter, and so you commissioned him. He sent it to you. You got it, but you yes. didn't scan it yet and put right. it up. So I was wondering why I didn't see it. Well, you follow I don't, him on Instagram. I do, Instagram but I, right. I, I rarely go to Instagram. Same here, and, and because of the goddamn algorithm and things that were posted today from my friends, I, I never see at the time. It's it's just it, Instagram, unless I'm kind of tagged or I have notifications for certain people, and Jonathan is one of the people I do have notifications for, there are, just, there are times where I will, I if I don't see it right away, like Daniel White, if I don't, if I don't tap the notification to see something he's posted but then i go to it a couple hours later i'll never find what he posted earlier that day it's just it's it's it doesn't show me anything in in order it, it's just it's it's ridiculous but nevertheless uh we are here to talk comics we are but and drink yes mine's easy i'm i'm finishing off well the livingston cab I'm almost right. done. The jug is almost kicked. And then I have to get a new jug. New jug. New jug. Uh, this is new. I like the bottle. Very clean. Dark bottle. This is Smith & Hook. Established in 1980. This is Cabernet Sauvignon from the Central Coast uh, in California. And it is, um, it is, it is a dark um Ooh. purple and it it's nice bouquet but it 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 does taste really good i i am uh quite happy with it see i didn't understand why he didn't like that apothic coffee brew because i thought it was phenomenal and he just Be didn't he just didn't get it he just didn't like it <laughs> It, it is one of the best wines I've tasted in a long time because it 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 tickled two of my spots. It tickled the wine spot and the coffee spot. It's like exactly, yeah. Which is why, which is why my wife thought you would really get a kick out of it. Well, she's smart. He, she knows. Yes, she knows true. what's up. She married me. But the thing is, there's true a that. Um, true that. I think I don't want to say attack your senses, but just like you pe people tend to eat with their eyes um, first. It, once you bring that wine glass up, uh, you may smell it. And, and the fragrance was very coffee-like. But then when it hits your taste buds, um, what you're tasting doesn't really match what you're smelling. And, and that, that could definitely throw somebody off. So if they were – if it, I thought it was smooth. There was no sting. It, it's – Yep. It's a very. It's almost like it's a mellow red. It's just yes, there is that that little bit of a of a punch, sure. of coffee. And if you are and and he we we know he is a coffee drinker. But yeah, it, there are just some things where if um, 
it's it, your mind's playing tricks on you. You you it it may look great, but it's yep. You know, I I love that eat with your eyes. Mm-hmm. I eat a lot of women with my eyes. Oh, absolutely. Which is an oh, ex- no, I don't. I don't mean. That. No, I'm, yeah, no. Which is an excellent segue. Is it now? Yeah, because I have been extremely deficient in talking about a certain book, a book that I love that seems to turn a lot of people off when I talk about it. So I'm going to lead with it just so we can get it out of the way and then we will we'll open it up to superheroes and and happy stuff and 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 pleasurable reads and and non-transgressive stuff. Because did you know that crossed is back? Only because I read previews. You do read previews. Crossed 100. No, oh, crossed plus 100 is back in a series called Mimic. And I read the first issue. It's not going to surprise anybody that I loved it. Okay. But the premise, I think, it's kind of like a George Romero movie. It's on one hand, it's as lowbrow as can be. There are people getting their 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 stomachs ripped open and zombies chowing down on intestines. Heads ripped off, choke on them. You know, it's it's very graphic, very visceral, very um, very lowbrow. P- please them all, right? All horror fans. But there's subtext and and concept in a Romero movie. There's social commentary, right? There are more. Should you choose to dive below the surface in a Romero movie, there's tons there for you to chew on. And that's how this crossed plus 100 mimic series hits me. Because if you're a fan of Crossed, everything you love about Crossed is in this first issue. It has all of the decadence and debauchery and bloodshed and nasty, dirty, filthy sexual escapades that you, it'll, it'll fill that meter. But there's subtext and concept in this issue that I think is brilliant. It, it's the plus 100, so we're past the time of Beauregard's salt. Now, I know, I know you didn't read Cross Plus 100, so you don't know who Beauregard's salt is. Salt was a serial killer. Okay. Pre-infestation. Before the crossed outbreak outbreak erupted salt was a serial killer a vile human being disgusting would kill people and torture them and eat them he was a cannibal kind of like silence of the lambs a little bit he's a little he's got a little bit of um a little bit of hannibal in him he's you know he's uh, he's he's got a little of the uh, good old fashioned down home family from the texas chainsaw movies you know but he was smart he was intelligent, extremely so. So when he crossed, he retained his intelligence. And he saw what was going down. He saw all he saw the eruption of of the turned, the the church face in the vernacular of, of the infected. And he said, You know what? 
there's going to be a time when our victims run out. And it's just going to be us. And we're going to turn on each other, and we're going to dwindle our population down to almost nothing. He had the foresight to see that the the food supply, so be it. You know, you can call it that. The 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 the, the playthings, the pool of playthings was going to run out. So he educated the infected. He taught them to reason. He taught them to 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 not be kill crazy screw hungry beasts but they were but he he taught them to moderate that he taught them survival he taught them self-sufficiency and in doing so he sets up this story mimic where we have a compound it's called casper casper compound that was built to withstand the attack from anything Infecteds, but being humans, it, it was a heavily fortified compound. And in walks Thomas Prius. Thomas is infected, but you wouldn't know it because Thomas was mauled by a lion. His whole family, I guess, was mauled. And he has massive scars on his face. The scars hide the cross, the church face. But he is infected, and he was taught by one of Beauregard Salt's inner circle. He named them after the dwarves. Um, it's funny, right? So uh, he, he infiltrates this compound, and he gains their trust to a certain, a certain degree. The, the, the top-tier brass in this compound only trusted the top tier. They didn't really trust the frontline guys or the support people, and um, everybody helped out. If you weren't frontline or you weren't support, you were cast out. If there wasn't something that you could add to this community in order to keep it self-sufficient to sustain the status quo, you were cast out. And this compound initially weathered attacks from infected, from humans. I mean, they saw it all, and they, they won every one of them. But then there was a period where I don't want to say they got complacent, but there wasn't the frequent attacks they had to contend with. In fact, for as this story began, for like uh, more than a decade, they never really saw a huge amount of action because the cross population was dwindling. And so he infiltrated this compound. They thought he was relatively normal, albeit a scarred individual, he gained their trust, and he left to go on a on a, a a gathering, a mission. And when he came back, he had hordes of crossed with him, and they just tear through the compound. They take all of the top tier that that were there. Some of them went into a secret tunnel and got out, but the ones that they they found, he tied to poles, and he gave the support people a choice you could either kill these people or it will be done to you and they go through this um litany of of flashbacks like one woman was uh you know the 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 frontline people had their way with any of the women in the in the compound that was their right 
because they went out risking their lives and they came back and they could take any woman they want as a as a, a companion or just as, you know, a fly-by-night, you know, get your rocks off type deal. If you were a woman in, in a, in a front-line position and someone and, and your your male picked a support woman and slept with her chances are you would beat the shit out of that woman or kill her and it would be looked upon as okay because you were frontline too frontline people got the the spoils right so um prius whose name he's known as flesh cook he he gets in here and he says okay these people have been despicable to you. Uh, there's an archivist named Julie, and she was raped by a frontline guy. And wouldn't you know it, that frontline guy is now tied to the pole. And he says to Julie, he says, prove your worth. I know you have it in you. This guy wronged you. He took something from you that you didn't want to give him. What are you going to do? And she rips into this guy with the knife, and she doesn't know what she's doing. Like something just snaps. And she kills him. And he's like, eh, a little bit faster than I would have liked. But yeah, y you got it. You, you, you're in. So so he gains somewhat of her trust. And she's familiar with him anyway. And she's an archivist. She would go on these missions. Like the past Cross Plus 100 featured an archivist. She would go on missions. And if she found any books pertaining to valuable things pre cataclysm she would take it like plumbing or you know irrigation or um planting or hort you know botany horticulture like stuff that matters in this pre cataclysm cataclysm world she would take it and add it to the compound's library but she also took art books now um flesh cook pulls a goya book off the shelf and he said i knew there was something more to you he said you're not just meat and potatoes so to speak you have loftier aspirations that's part of the thing that beauregard salt instilled into these crossed like just don't live in the moment like you, what's your reason for being other than killing and fucking everything in sight you know you, you need to have a purpose and he instilled this in them so he's this flesh cook Notice Julie was different because it would be frowned upon by the brass. If why are you bring in an art book, we don't even know what this is. Why, mm. This is not going to help us. This is nothing that can get us through the day, or or in you know help our lives be better. Which in fact it's the one thing that they're missing. So, the l long story short, there's a little bond going on between Julie and Flesh Cook. She's there's something about him that intimidates her, and there's also something she's fascinated by. And he gives her the ultimatum. That's where the issue ends. He says, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The cross don't know what it means to be sad. They, they don't have the capacity for that emotion. And he's like, she says something, and, and she says, it makes me sad. And he's like, what is sad? And, he's, and, and she said, you've you you can feel sadness he's like i don't think so and she's like i just saw it you were talking about your time w in the the salt group and you've never met him and you 
there was something in your in your voice when when you said that you've never met Salt, being the great man you you hold him to be, and yet you've never meant meant him. That sadness, and he's like, "Holy shit!" He didn't say it, but you could see it in his face. Like, I can feel sadness, and he said, "Okay, all right." You just taught me something about yourself. You showed me what it part of what it means to be you. And the last panel in the in this comic, he said, "Now I'm going to show you part of what it means to be me." And the dude is crossed. So it's like, what? Where's this book going to go? I have no idea. But I think it's brilliant to ground it in a person who's not infected. Finding something in the infect because we're all base, we're all primal, primal. We're all animals, right? At heart, we're just elevated animals. We think we're 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 above them, but we're not. Look what's going on in the world right now. We're we're animals, and she's at least acknowledging that. And now, from where this book is going to go, I have no idea, but I am loving it. It's it's a little pricey, but it's not really. It's five ninety nine an issue. But the main story is 22 pages. So there's your 399. But then you get another story illustrated by Rallo Caceres that is not as long as the main story, but it's I, I, I believe they're going to be one and dones because this one is. And it's, it's what you would expect from Crossed. It's vile. It's reprehensible. It's, it's, it's a story of an archivist who's documenting what she sees and she's getting it down in the book and this, the crossed are storming her compound. She's trying to get this down. She's like, I got to save this for future generations. They're going to learn from this. They're going to, they're going to, this is going to make their lives better and easier. And there's uh, the, the head, the leader of the cross that's infiltrating the compound is a buxom sex crazy woman. And she does something to a human being and uses the book that the archivist was hurriedly writing down her, her notes in to wipe the effects of something she just did from her body. And so it's like typical doom and gloom crossed, but it's beautifully illustrated by Rallo Caceres. The main story was written by Christos Gage and art by Emiliano Erdinola. This, this is a, it's a winner. I love everything about it. And see, I didn't get too graphic, but there's a lot of that stuff in this book. So if if you have a a, a weak stomach, or you you know you just don't like being pushed over that line that I love being thrown across, then <laughs> this is not for you. But if you're adventurous and intrigued and want a little bit more than blood and guts and sex, this will provide that. Mm-hmm. It has layers, man. It's like an onion. Onion. I, I loved everything about it. That's awesome. My fears were were not borne out. I thought it was just going to be more of the same old, same old, but it's not. But it had a good instigator. I mean, this is all spiraling out of what Alan Moore did. So when Alan Moore sets the train in motion, it's going to run for a while on really, really good, good power. Mm-hmm. Yep. Strong. Strength. Like bull. There you go. What you got? Um... I've, you know what, I have, um, I have a couple of quick hits, because I did, we can, we, we'll, we'll circle back to, um, 
Harbinger Wars 2, because I did finally read the prelude in the first issue. Um, so there were... Um, I read Made of Steel number four, mm. which I I liked. However, um, to keep it 100, I, I'm not loving the covers. They're horrible. The covers are some of the most lackluster covers I've seen. Truth. Um, I think they're interconnecting, though. Aren't they? I believe you are correct. Yeah. But that doesn't mean uh, they have to be bad. Right. And especially if the, the cover that you're connecting to the next issue, because um, the cover to number four is Cal, is, is, is Clark with his glasses off and, and the Superman, the shield poking out of his shirt, kissing Lois. And as we all know, Lois is basically in three panels an issue. So the cover kind of, at least as of right now, four issues in, maybe it, in the grand scheme of things it will, but as of right now, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I do like Kevin McGuire. I've been a fan of his for a lot, whether it's Justice yeah. League America or International or Penthouse Comics or Captain America Sentinel. It doesn't matter. I am a Kevin McGuire fan. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. Ding. Yeah. Um, that said, I am not a fan of the way he draws Rogozar. Um, whereas the previous issues, he looked menacing. Uh, he, he, he looked ferocious. He looked like somebody you would not want to cross. Here he kind of just looks like a, a, a giant cartoon character. Um, not menacing in, in 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 the slightest, at least to my eye. I, your mileage may vary; art is subjective. But the uh, the colors aren't too bad. This this, of course, was uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, Kevin McGuire, and uh, Joseph Abak for two pages or page and a half if you carry the one uh, or your artist. Alex Sinclair does your colors. Um, so, again, you know, the expressions are fantastic because that's what Kevin McGuire does really, really well. Uh, the words Bendis, is use, Bendis uses to come out of, of Cal's and, and Kara's mouth, it's fitting, it works, I, I, I believe it. This, the actual, what happens in this issue, in the fourth issue, is really the fight from Action Comics 1000. That the the end papers from that issue, the, the end story from that issue, where Bendis is was writing that fight, that happens here. We're getting the 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 kind of the before and after, a little bit of the during, but mostly the after of that battle. Um, we do finally find out who it is that Clark and Jonathan and Lois who visited them in their kitchen. Uh, that's revealed, and that person um, says that uh, I'm here for the boy, and and um, we're going to just, as of right now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and think and say that uh, Lois and Jonathan went with this person, since they are not present um, in the main present day story. Um, 
So you're not going to spoil it? I don't know how this is possible, though. Like, I know it's a mystery and it's a setup, but how? How is this possible? Right? Especially, especially the way, especially the way Clark is talking to him, as if you know this. This isn't a surprise to anybody, really. So yeah, I. Um, right. He he's looking at him. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and even Jonathan's like, I forget, do I? You know, so it's just, so so this is not, um, I mean, and again, I wasn't current, I'm still not, I have a lot of action comics issues to read, I just, I jumped to 1000 since it was a milestone, uh, so I don't know if this character has shown up in action comics, I don't know how, right. how current you stayed with it, Vince, but. Uh, no, I get a, well, I can't even say what kind of vibe I get from this, but I'll just say Fantastic Four. This reminds me of a scene. Oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see that. During the burn run. Yes. <laughs> yes. Appropriate. Yeah. So, um so then we get uh we get some Hal Jordan showing up and Cal decides to return to the Fortress of Solitude where um of course was close to being destroyed um and so cal and um and rogel have a not really a conversation rogel's talking to the back of of superman's head for the most part uh and you can really tell that uh superman has had it about to up here with this Mm -hmm. and uh kind of flares up and we're continued next week in Man of Steel number five. I, 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 I feel that McGuire has looked better in the. No, I'm not gonna say in the past. Oh, it's good. Days. I've I've seen and it, for my money, I've seen better McGuire, and 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 that's this is still good. It's just when I hear Kevin McGuire, I just have certain expectations, and and this really didn't meet them um huh. and the same thing kind of with the rude the 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 steve rude pages a couple weeks ago it's like they 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 definitely had some time to work on this and, I'm, and it doesn't look rushed I, there are just certain things where i'm looking at it and i'm like i there, there are some pages like like the double page spread where maggie is trying to you know clean up the street and 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 cal and and cara talking about candor and there are some some pages that look fantastic, uh, but then there's some I think that maybe either rely too much on color, um, or I, I I don't know. It's it's there, there's a lot of what I call domino pa- panels in this, where you'll have an establishing shot, and the and the panel that succeeds it is very much like the one that came before with scant differences there are yeah. different there are differences to it right. but yeah. it's all hinged on the panel that came before and yes. then and then the third panel likewise is is part of that establishing shot but with a little something else that that distinguishes it from the two panels that came before but yeah. it's still in the same family that's like a, that that's like a domino you- panel Right, and and when he backhands uh, Supergirl, 
and and yeah yeah that, that, that double page spread it's like it's it's he, he's attacking them from from the top of a building superman gets blasted out of the panel he comes running lunging towards supergirl he smacks her telling her not yet you and we get we don't get the building anymore but we see behind rogel the basically supergirl took out the top of a building because he hit her so hard and and so far that that the building way in the distance she got knocked into and i I thought that was cute um but even even the woman falling you know that's a that's a domino panel and the superman coming in the same thing there's a lot of time-saving tricks dumped into this issue and i think that's that's probably um what i'm seeing and and that's that is what is is holding my eye and and generally you know and when i think back to you know one punch or anything that that that, that i've seen mcguire do in the past i don't really recall I mean, the 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 defenders the mini he did there are just certain things where i i don't either they they weren't happening or i was completely oblivious to to his little tricks back then i i don't remember seeing them at least this this evident um, the thing I like best about this issue is the thing you like least, which is I think his Rogozar is great. Really? Yeah, I think he's he's awesome. The face is disgusting. It, it looks like a zombie out of a uh, on a on a seventies uh, movie poster. Uh, like I eat your skin. It, it, right. It yeah. looks like a very. Dis- I, I think it's great, but. Does it belong? I just think it looks too clean compared to what came before. No, I don't think so. In my mind, I, well, to my eye, but yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but what, what I'm saying is, I like the design of it. I think it's it's very disturbing. It's very effective. It's not the two different color eyes. The yeah, stars, yeah, the, the, I think it works. Yeah, for I me. mean, it's it's it is a it, it is a very it it sh, it is a face that should stop you in your tracks yeah i just it, it's almost like there was we, we had this progression we had we had the jim lee pages and and then we've had some other artists the past couple of weeks do some bang up jobs if i i'm it, we didn't regress with this version it just uh it it's been it hasn't been um yeah, I just, I, I guess, I just don't find it as as gritty or dirty here, because it's McGuire, and, and that's not his style. So it's, right. it's his Superman's it, great. Yes, absolutely, and and there are, you know, so I mean, Czar fits aesthetically with the way McGuire has everything else in the book, and and it's not like he stands out. He's he he doesn't look bad. He, I'm okay. comparing this to the previous czar artist and and that's where it stands out but but in in context of this issue with the way everything else looks by mcguire it's it's very fitting i just i'm not a fan of 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 that version his his cara is a little weird too her face is a little weird like when she she scratches the yeah yeah when she says candor and she's yeah it's just a little weird uh I, i don't think she's attractive enough I mean, she's cute, yeah. but she's not. Uh, when I think Supergirl, I think, you know, va va voom. But uh, all in all, in all, the weakest pages are the uh, 
the uh, the kitchen page. Which is, yeah, yeah, which. But at least we got a little bit more. Yes. Than than three panels. Right. I don't know. I'm just not feeling this. I'm not, I'm not feeling this Man of Steel. I want I want to love it, but right. it's it's just I don't know. It's like there's nothing really compelling me to read it other than it's other than Bendis being at DC, which is a really big deal. This could have been written by anyone. And and when I say that, Bendis has, uh, I'll use a Jason word, he has a cachet. When you think Bendis, you think a a, a ton of amazing stories from Marvel filter in to the the, uh, equation, right? Amazing run on um, all-new X-Men, great Guardians, uh, Avengers, right? That's the preeminent Bendis vehicle. He had a phenomenal run on Avengers. This just feels like it could have been written by anybody. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really special about this so far. I'm, I, I may be expecting too much, but it's it's kind of, it's okay. I didn't expect okay from Bendis. I expect holy shit from Bendis. I don't know. It just, okay. It just, it may, the fault may be mine in, in wanting too much or expecting too much out of the guy. But having just read, and um, yeah, I'm going to get to it, having just read Bendis' Guardians of the Galaxy, that is far superior to this. And I'm, I'm not looking at the big picture. I'm looking at issue by issue. Bendis' single issues on Guardians are much more enjoyable than this. This just seems like him finding his footing. And this, that may be what this is. This may be Bendis is just working out the kinks and trying to get acclimated to the DCU. I don't know. But th- this is not wowing me so far. Can you, okay. say it's, can you say it's wowing you? No, it's not, it's not knocking me on my ass, but I'm, he's, he's got a long leash. This is... Oh this sure, is, yeah. I'm, I'm with it's, you. It's Superman. It's you know I guess better to get your feet wet on on a six issue miniseries than the main ongoing title. Um, but it, it, depending on how the Superman and the action comics stories veer in in different directions, this 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 is. Um, this could just be the launch pad for both of those. So instead of, you know, so it, I'm, I'm sure they have a plan and it all makes sense. But, um, I think I would, I think it's a great idea. Well, I don't want to say it's a great idea. I think it's neat that for Bendis's first big story with a character like Superman that he's going to have some knock you on your ass artists. And, and, and that's a great thing. Um, would this have been better as a big thick ass anthology? Maybe, but I think it doesn't, I, I think a more, more uniform or, or, or cohesive visual counterpart Right, to his right. story would have would have definitely it didn't helped. have to be weekly they could have double shipped sure if you want to get it out fast and do two issues a month look at marvel marvel does 
I mean, when you fall behind on a Marvel book, you're talking a stack because it comes out twice a month. Right. Why, why not? He, there was some lead time, right? They yes. could have. They could have had one or two artists get a, a big head start and just because what is this a six issue miniseries? Yeah. There you go. Any a competent team given enough lead time could do two issues a month. Marvel has shown that. They don't stick very long, but this isn't very long. This is only six issues. So, and I say only six issues, not being the guy behind the drawing table drawing this thing. But if you're in the business, that's what you do, right? You, you've, you've learned ways to, to get it out. So I think, why couldn't they have like one worst case scenario two artists? do a double ship on this and it would have there would have been that cohesiveness to it that i think this lacks this is all over the place we've seen how many artists so far it's on issue four i think we've seen four artists uh, no five because five. uh the second issue had two artists in it. That's it had crazy. the it had what it had the shaner and the brood right yeah it's crazy it's, or six counting for Bach. that's nuts that's insane right you just mentioned big thick-ass anthology I did. And you know what that brought to mind? The what? recent recent uh, reportage of DC and Walmart joining forces, and DC's going to publish 100-page anthologies with, I believe, new stories. Uh, they'll probably be short, but there's going to be a new story in each one for four ninety nine. I am erect. That Me too. I'm going to scoop these things. Because yeah. if you look at the covers, they're... There, there's a nod to the past with the hundred-page giants. The, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love looking for. I mean, we didn't. I didn't get any this time around at Heroes, but I love looking for those old, old hundred-page giants, those dollar issues, whether it's Superman Family or World's yep. Finest. And I just, it's, it just, it, it's like a nice warm blanket. I, I see that, and um, it's just, it's the, I, I'm, I'm brought back to. Yep. When I was a little smaller, it's just um, no. It's I think it's a good thing, and and I Very believe I think um, Tom is writing Superman and Bendis is writing Batman stories. I think I saw something along that line. I believe you're right. Yeah, but um, there's a Superman one, a Batman one, a Ash. Justice League, and Ash. it's and a Teen Titans. Okay, which is cool. You know, um, my hopes. Is they keep you have to go with the contemporary stuff because I think that's gonna modern sensibilities. New readers are of a certain age; they're gonna want it to reflect their world, not the world of 1970. Yeah. But I hope that they stick at least one vintage story in. Oh, I would love it per issue because uh, you got to show these kids where it all came from, right? Yeah. I'm not saying golden age; that's gonna lose readers. Yeah. I, I'm man enough to admit that even though i love that stuff it's not going to catch on with kids today so i would say bronze age to maybe 80s that stuff would be awesome at just one just one one story would be great in each one and i think it would be like a revelation to readers to compare the the, the contemporary stuff with the the older stuff 
and just give them a, a frame of reference to say, you know, these characters have been around a long time. This is not something new. Look, here's a story with the Titans where Nixon is president. Like, that's great, you know, or here, here's, well, I'm, I could just belabor the point, but I won't. Just, just frame it. Show them the, 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 the after, which would be the bulk of it and the before, just to give them some kind of, reference point to say wow these characters have have legacies they, they they've obviously been important to a whole bunch of people because they've been around a hell of a long time this character's older than my dad right let's let's show them that mm-hmm. but needless to say at five dollars a pop i'm in on all of them yes if i'll read them give them to my my kids to read when i'm done or, you know, somebody else who's interested and maybe I'll bring them to work and just happen to leave them somewhere like Daniel White does. Yeah. And, you know, just, just get other people reading comics. At 100 pages, there's got to be something in there that's going to excite someone. No doubt. And yeah. I mean, and I know that, that, that people have their um, issues with with Walmart and, and that's fine and, and all well and good and whatever you feel about big box stores like that. Um I also think Walmart serves a purpose to to a degree, but I I'm there for a few things here and there anyway. I, I have uh, no problems also making my way to uh, to wherever they're going to have these comics set up. You know, I equate Walmart with Amazon, right? Okay, everybody uses Amazon. They they don't exactly have the most squeaky clean business practices. And yet everybody still uses them. But I, I know I think, Walmart is a little bit more egregious than Amazon. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you're running in, you're spending five bucks on a comic that you can only get at that shop. Don't buy anything else if you, you don't like it. Right? right. But you you're only making you're only helping the things that you love gain more in popularity. If DC sees that these books are selling they're going to try it with new other anthologies. Maybe they'll have a horror one or a science fiction one. And, you know, you may not buy them all, but somebody will be buying them who hasn't read comics ever. So, yes, you're you're slaughtering something at the altar of the great beast, but you're doing some good as well. Mm-hmm. And I like to tell myself that. <laughs> I may be bullshitting myself, uh, you know, whatever. But it doesn't. I, I, it's not going to kill me to, to drop five bucks at Walmart. No. Um. From one what? From one flagship to another, if I may. Sure. If you may, we gotta ask. Oh, that's how it feels, though. Just so you, I just want you to be aware that next time you say that, and Jason scoffs, you you know exactly where we're coming from. He scoffs at everything. He does, but specifically when you say, can I talk about something? Okay. Amazing Spider-Man number 801. Woo-woo. Written written by Dan Slott. Art by Marcos Martin with Munsta Vicente. Um, Joe Caramagna on letters. This was a... This was this was a nice there's some good closure here. You read that fast. Um 
I did. Thanks for going on along for with Crossed. But no, seriously. <laughs> uh, Dude, I, I, you know, I don't I seriously don't blame you. I really no. don't. No, I read it when we were trying to find out if Jason was coming tonight. Um so it's it's a um you know, it it's not it's not slot writing himself into a comic where he's saying goodbye to everybody he's written for the past ten years. It's not it it definitely didn't feel like a this is my swan song and and it's all about me. It's still a Spider-Man story and it's a Spider-Man story where what kind of makes Spidey Spidey and that is focusing on the people he helps, the citizens of New York who he saves on a regular basis and um you know he's not trying to bust his hump to get home because Aunt May needs medicine and he's not trying to, you know, find out if, if Jonah's going to pay for these pictures and uh, no, the camera's busted. It's just, it's, there, there's some definite Spider-Man moments. The, 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 the quips are definitely there. I mean, it, it's, Slot's been writing a character long enough. You know, we, we, we know he's got a handle on him, but uh, the, the main, the main thing is this is a story uh, about Kenneth and Spider-Man saved Kenneth a couple of weeks after he became Spider-Man uh, way back when. And we kind of get a quick little glimpse well done by Martine of Kenneth over the years uh, from his father dying and to the, um, the birth of nieces and, uh, kids going to not doing well in school and and i like how kenneth is over at the on, on the left hand side of the panel on the top panel and by the time the page ends he's down in the right and the lower panel i i that's i dig great. that, that that's great panel. that's what comics are all about for me i i love it when they kind of manipulate the uh not even manipulate but that's what they they're, they're using it at, at for passage of time used. dude passage yes. of time yeah uh we see Spidey in action, uh, and then a, a quick little reunion. Uh, before because, before you move on, yes. When when Spidey's fighting the lackeys that are trying to get the the briefcase for the their master, mm-hmm. who did you did you get a vibe from those characters from another comic company? Well, no, because I saw them as Mister Negatives um, lackeys, but they look to me like the one percent from Valiant. Oh wow! Don't they? Yeah, I can see that they're all wearing their suits and yeah, and their masks. I, I dig it. I, I'm not, you know, it was just a a fleeting. Hey, I've seen these guys before. Well, of course I have, but the the valiant thing came rushing That's to the cool. forefront. Yeah. Um. So we have uh, Kenneth now. Years later, a little older, as is Spider-Man, uh, he uh, lets Spidey know that he saved his life quite a while ago. Um, and <laughs> Kenneth is there with his niece, who is, um, isn't too impressed at all with Spider-Man. Uh, she would have much rather have seen someone like Thor or Captain America or Black Panther swoop in and save the day because when they save the day, they save the entire world. And, and Kenneth kind of has to, um, she is. And, and so he has to lovingly, um, 
smack that taste out of her mouth. So he, he lets her know uh, just what kind of good Spider-Man does, not just every day, but but to the world, because everyone is the world of someone else. And uh, we um, we get we get a quick little glimpse of Spidey swinging away past, of course, the the water towers that are just everywhere in New York somewhere. And that's it. Um, all we get is a nice little piece of graffiti on one of the water towers. It's the slot was here and we get, uh, a little, uh, I, it's weird, a short, a short letter, normally something like this. And they've done it with every issue. I think that, that, that was a big deal. Um, normally for something like this, you'd get the covers of every single issue that slot has written, but we've been there, done that, seen it. You'd need a whole other issue just to have little small thumbnails of even every variant for issue 800. So do we just have a nice little letter from Dan, uh, about how much this work has meant to him the past 10 years. And, um, and, and that's it. I thought it was a great end note to a, um, to, for the most part, a really stellar Spider-Man run by, uh, by one, one writer. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is going to go up there with, you know, David's Hulk, Burns Fantastic Four. There's just, there's, there is a, um, there was something special in a lot of what, slot has 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 done with with spidey and uh there were some downs but oh mo- sure mo- most and, of it was ups we and th- we could speak i could speak from experience as far as and it wasn't a down for everybody but there were downs because there were time there, there were months where i wasn't reading spider-man because yeah. i just, i wasn't feeling it so the parker foundation thing was poop parker industries was poop I, I just don't like that. Disagree. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't either. And I know that, you know, some people did and, and that's cool. And if that's, you know, they, they, and, and yeah, we all knew that it wasn't going to last and, you know, bully for you for, for sticking with it. And, 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 you know, seeing how, seeing where the payoff was, I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. And I knew Spidey wasn't going away. So when it does reset, I could always come back. Um, right. But if, if you, if you haven't read, the past few months of Spidey and um, and and you're all about collecting 800 and first issues that this is definitely the one to uh, <laughs> get. I need this one. <laughs> Gotta get my collection, yo. Uh, it's a very I small think, collection. Well, yeah, I think it's just what, this in Action Comics? So, um, mm. Oh, Detective? No, not yet. No, is it? No. Yeah, I think it is. Maybe. Is it? I don't know if it's in the 800s. Anyway, um, but I will say, the top down of the rhino hitting the wall. Oh, that's glorious! That's masterclass right there. It that, is. That is masterclass. Yep. I, I, the whole I page love, is great. It but is specifically that image of the rhino and, and then he running up. The oh, wall. and and it's, the 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 bricks are broken in what looks like a spider web pattern without being a spider web pattern. It's amazing. And vibrations from him hitting the wall. It's it's yeah, yeah it's yeah. fantastic. It's a you know Martinez never had a problem with with 
fucking around with perspective like that. It's no. it's a uh, and you know what I. It's his style, so it works. And and I know you love flat colors, mm-hmm. um, and it, it it this this really because even when because the colors are for the most part flat when you get things like electro, you know, and and just the way he manipulates the when when once that comes in with the colors, it's just it they just work so well together. I um I was really really happy with this issue. I um. It's a definite, definite note to go out on, you know. And I think back of of other writers who may not have been able to kind of go out on their terms, like like Burns' last Fantastic Four issue is one that comes to mind. Um, but this this was this was a joy. If if um, if if you ended at eight hundred because you know that was the end of that story, um, then make sure you get back to the shop to pick up this one. Yeah, and it was all encompassing too. He he subtly made it all inclusive, like with the their girlfriends, and oh he, yeah, he yep. he didn't leave anybody out, which is and and he didn't slam it down your throat. He's he he didn't say you know Spider Man makes the world safe for everyone, uh, gay people and and, and tra- you know what I mean and trans people. It's it, this and Jews. Yeah, it just works for everyone. Uh, I think this issue is, I'm not going to say it's equal, okay? Mm. But I think this issue is on a level with the kid that collected Spider-Man. I can see that. It's one of those stories where you read this, it doesn't have any ties to anything other than the characters that are in it. It's it's a great character piece about Spider-Man and, and the people he affects. That's the same thing as the kid who collected Spider-Man. Yeah. It's a great it, issue. It's a great, it's a, great issue. It's a super solid done in one issue. It may, I know we've been discussing, we've been throwing out, and by the way, I think mostly Vince have been throwing out the uh, single issues for the 11 o'clockers. This may be mine. You know, it's going to be hard to top this one. Because I know. how do you top a, a phenomenal, amazing Spider-Man issue? It has the, 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 it tugs at the heartstring being that Spider Man is my favorite superhero. Not my mm-hmm. favorite character, my favorite superhero, <laughs> right? I've been with Spider Man longer than even the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I just love Peter Parker, Spider Man. And this is a fitting tribute to that character from someone who wrote it for 10 years. Wow. And it's and, and it's and it's Spider Man. It's not Superior Spider Man. It's not no, Scarlet Spider. Right. It's not Iron Spider. It's it's no Spider-Man. gimmicks. And, and you don't you don't see you don't see Peter at all because even in the origin, you you just you it's it's from it's it's first person. So it's just it's it's him talking with Ben and May. It's him at school. It's him getting bit. It's him. Impressing people at the Ed Sullivan show. It's him letting the burglar get away. Yeah. It's him finding out Ben was shot, and then it's him finding the burglar. And you don't see Peter at all, not even in a mirror, not in a reflection. Yeah. You nothing. see his so, hand, but that's a body. Well, yes, right. That's a body. Uh, so it is. It is a fantastic Spider-Man story. It's it's a uh, it's it's a fantastic final issue from uh from dan slot so yep and needless to say i will not be continuing with spencer and ollie 
I'm not going to give them a chance at all. I, I gave them one chance. See, I'm, I'm being hypocritical. Well, we, I gave them a chance with the free comic book day. Right. I, I did not like anything about that. Not there's, I mean, there was nothing I could take away. Like, oh, the art was nice. No, it wasn't. It, it, it reminded me too much of Invincible. The 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 expressions on the faces were too exaggerated. I didn't know. I, I don't like the new roommate situation. I don't like the whole. I don't like anything about it. So it was too jokey. I I'm just no. I'm not going there. And if if our friends do say good things, um, I'm sure there'll be trades to be gotten. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not. I'm. Yes, I will not. Um, I will use use those funds for other things. I and it, listen. I'm not just like Vince and I stepped back during Parker Industries. If if this is if you loved Invincible's look and you love the art for this, great. If you loved. Spencer's superior foes, and you think you can never get enough boomerang, so you want him to be Spidey's roommate, then this is the book for you. That's great. I just it's not it was it was like a it was like a Marvel Adventures more than anything else. I just I wasn't I, I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling the the I wasn't feeling Peter. I wasn't feeling like you the the roommate situation there just I yeah. See, I I enjoyed Superior Foes, right? Because it was so different and it yep. was it was jokey, but I took it as an aside from the regular Spider Man, which it was. Mm-hmm. When you bring that, when you bring the aside to the main course, it doesn't work, right? No, and the art was better on Superior Foes, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Lieber did a. Because of the subject matter, I think right. he was he, he he was the right artist for that. It, it, he tackled it well, and and I have no problem with Superior Foes at all. And uh, but yeah, it's just I again again me with the expectations. I just and I think to some degree I kind of get where Spencer is, is coming from or where he's trying to go with some things. And I, I've read enough of his work that I have some sort of idea. But, um, yeah, there just there wasn't really anything appealing. The, the little bit of um, the hint of of potential threats and big bads, and and I just I'm I'm good. I'll come back. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to dump on Spencer, but I think Superior Foes was the only thing he's ever written that I enjoyed. I tried Morning Glories, hated it. I did not get far in Morning Glories. And I mean, so I don't follow him at all. Right. Um, the 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 inroad to his superior foes was Spider Man. So I, I tried it and I I enjoyed it, but that's a, that's it. I didn't really. I, I wasn't along for the ride in anything he's ever written, other than the first three or four issues of Morning Glories. I was like, oh my god, it's this is I can't read this. I just didn't like it. And it got so much buzz too, which is why I tried it. It's like nope. Not for me. But whatever. But what was for you that you've read recently? I have a huge crush on Bendis' Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> you don't say. I, I, I don't. I, I really can't encapsulate in words why. Completely encapsulate. I mean, yes, great writing, phenomenal art, 
gorgeous art um, and with characters that I truly love. Maybe it's all of that. I don't know. But there's something that's really clicking with his Guardians of the Galaxy. So I read... There's a little weirdness going on here. So volume 2 of Guardians of the Galaxy, from what I'm told, contains the same thing that was in this trade that I read. Guardians of the Galaxy, all-new X-Men, The Trial of Jean Grey. So my collection of Bendis' Guardians does not have a volume 2. It has this all-new X-Men, Guardians of the Galaxy split, which is okay. And I read volume 3, Guardians Disassembled. Have you read the all-new X-Men Guardians of the Galaxy crossover? Yes. Okay, so I won't spoil anything by getting into it. I mean, it's it. been a while, but yes. Yes. The, the The big thing is they pull... Hank decides to pull the young X-Men from the past into the future to show the current X-Men just how far they've strayed from Charlie's dream. And in doing so, he creates a whole bunch of shit. Not the least of which is the fact that this person in Jean Grey that was responsible for decimating a huge chunk of the galaxy, killing untold millions of people when possessed by the Phoenix Force, is now back. And so the Shi'ar want to hold her accountable for her crimes. But it's not the same person. This is She's been extracted from the past before she ever did all this bad stuff. But it doesn't seem to matter to the Shi'ar. And they hold a council with um, Spartax and the Badoon and the Kree and, and all the major players. And it just comes to the, the uh, down. really it comes down to, to Gladiator who says, no, she, she will be held accountable for her crimes. And he's so hell-bent on bringing Jean Grey, young Jean Grey to trial that um, he's not listening to, to, to logic or reason. Um, he has Oracle, one of... Uh, um, she's one of the Imperial Guard, isn't she, Oracle? I think so. He has, he has Oracle sit down with her and just scan her. And, and Oracle doesn't extract any kind of information. Like, Jean doesn't know what she did. She doesn't have any memory of doing it because she didn't do it. Right. But Oracle detects something within her, an anger. And this whole thing could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like bringing Jean Grey to trial against her will. Like the Shi'ar come down and they pull her out in this force bubble and take her back. And the Guardians... And the X-Men are trying to stop them and, and you know, it just it, it doesn't work. And so forcing this young girl, thrusting her into a situation that's extremely, uh, what's the word? You're taken off planet, thrown into a, um, a, a civilization that's totally alien to you. There has to be something that, that snaps. Right? She's, she, you're, you're held against your will for a crime you didn't commit, and yet you're told you're guilty. You, you did this. There's, there's a, a very, very fragile thread that, that could snap. So this whole ordeal could be the very thing 
that pushes young Jean Grey over the edge and makes her more susceptible to the Phoenix Force when and or if it does decide to possess her again, right? Right. But the thing that's pissing Jean off is, and she learns this after the fact, was that way back, I don't know who the writer was, but I knew, I know Chris Picello drew it. The Shi'ar sent a hit team down to cleanse the entire gray lineage. Just destroy everyone alive because maybe the Phoenix Force picked Jean because of something in her genetic makeup. Something that could be shared with all of these surviving greys. So they had them all killed. Do you remember that? Yes. That was awesome. That was an awesome issue, but it's Chris Pacello, so duh. <laughs> and, um, and, and so she's brought to trial and something within her comes to the forefront where she exhibits heretofore unseen, an unseen power set, which makes Oracle say, wait a minute, we haven't seen this before. Ergo, this is not the same character. This is not the same, sorry, this is not the same person who did all those things. Look, she didn't do this back then, so therefore, this is not the same entity. And Gladiator begrudgingly, okay, but that's because the Guardians and the X-Men are in his face, and up walks Scott Summers, young, skinny, cocksure Scott Summers, says, you do anything to Gene and I'ma kill you. And it's laughable. It really is. That's the one part in the book where I'm like, seriously, dude? You have optic blasts against Gladiator, who held his own with Thor. Like, really? And it's it's very hypocritical too, because Scott, while he's he thinks he, he's in love with Gene, is also making goo goo eyes at X twenty three. Right. So, I mean this is a, a multi-layered Scott Summers who, as a teen, is doing everything he did as an adult. It's the same character. This, th- that's where Bendis is brilliant. And I thought the pairing of Scott and Laura was stupendous. The guy that lusted after Scott's woman for how long? <laughs> yeah. Genetically is now, I mean... Laura has the same, roughly the same DNA as Wolverine, right? Yes. So Scott is, in effect, paired with the very person who wanted to take his woman away. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, you can't, you can write it, but you can't make this shit up. That is brilliant. I, I, I think that is so smart. But you got Stuart Eminent on this who I think is in a class by himself. When when you got Sarah Pacelli on the art and Stuart Eminen comes in, I'm, I like I love Sarah Pacelli's art, but it's no contest. Like Eminen is in a bracket way 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 far above her. Sure. Yeah. His layouts are just impeccable. His figure drawing is godlike. Um, uh, the, the line work is just sumptuous. Like, I didn't give you the credits on this, but I will. Illustrated by Sarah Pacelli, Stuart Eminen, David Marquez, Nick Bradshaw, Michael Avon Oming, Jason Masters, Todd Nock, Phil Jimenez, uh, Gerardo Sandoval, and Cameron Stewart. 
You got inks by by uh, Wade Von Grawbadger, Scott Hanna, Livesay, and Weldon Wong. Color art by Justin Ponsor, Marte Gracia, Maury Hollowell. There's a name we haven't heard in quite a while. Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg, Edgar Delgado, and Jose Villarubia, who's amazing. So that's both volumes. That was the uh, all-new X-Men and the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Trial of Jean Grey. But it's volume three. That's even better. It's even better. Even better? I think so. You haven't read this. Right? Volume three, uh, Guardians Disassembled? Probably not. I'll give you the setup. Uh, King Jason has a beef with Peter because he issued an edict. No alien can set foot on the earth. You can't touch the earth. The earth is totally off limits. And yet the guardians do. So my son is, is making me look bad. I got to bring him in. So King Jason sends uh, his peoples out to bring back Peter. And uh, Peter gets the lowdown because one of the uh, bounty hunters takes the form of a Gamora, but not in her current costume, in the costume with the, the straps and the boobies. Okay. And so he notice, he notices immediately that it's not Gamora. Um, but I think the storyline for Guardians Disassembled, to me, extenuating circumstances notwithstanding, would have made a far better movie than the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy because what happens is the Guardians are pieced apart. Uh, Gamora is sent with the Badoon. Um, Rocket is with the Kree. They take him apart and find out what makes him tick. Mm. Um, you have the Skrulls in here. The Brood take Groot and throw him into down into this planet where he's left to fend for himself. So you get an amazing cross-section of the alien races in the Marvel Universe, and you have the Guardians working as a cohesive unit and on their own. We get a battle between Drax and Gladiator that's awesome, illustrated by Nick Bradshaw, personally my favorite among all these artists, even more than Stuart Eminent. I know it's heresy. I love Nick Bradshaw's art. Yeah, he's an Art Adams lookalike in some respects, but I just adore, adore, adore his art. I, I, I'm going to say it a hundred more times because that's how much I love Nick Bradshaw's art. He's so freaking good. Um, and you get all, the, like all these alien races in these fantastic battles, and you get Angela, which... If we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy sequel, could easily have been switched with Mantis. If you if they had a a a, a mad on to to introduce Mantis into the Guardian chronology for the movies, the 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 escapades of of Angela could easily have been Mantis. Mantis is very proficient in fighting. So is Angela. Mantis is not Heaven's. You know, hit hit woman, but the the audience wouldn't have known that. It wouldn't even have been a factor. They found Angela floating in space. They could have found Mantis floating in space too. You know, 
you didn't even have to bring Infinity into it. I just think this would have made a phenomenal movie without that Eagle the Living Planet bullshit that just confuses things. <laughs> because if you get that rare person that, that saw Guardians 2 and said, wow, I want to read some of these comics. When they pick up the Guardians and they see King Jason of Spartax, like, they'll be like, who is this? This is not Peter's father. That, that goofy guy in the movie was. You know, it just muddles, it just muddies the water. That's my opinion. I don't, I don't understand why they did what they did in making it ego. Why? What's the, what's the point? <sighs> I, right? it, it just kills me when they make these changes for whatever reason and they eliminate possibilities for future movies. Now, if you got Ego, the living planet, in Guardians 2, you can never have Quasar in the movies, at, at least the Quasar that was in the comics, right? Because you don't have Ego. And the same thing goes for, like, the DC side. They're not exempt. In, in doing that stupid doomsday thing in, in Dawn of Justice, we'll never get the Death of Superman movie the way it should be with Doomsday. Right, the way it should be, yeah. Right. And the same thing with um, Ragnarok, because they felt the need to put Hulk in the gladiator costume in whatever scenario that was. I didn't see the movie. We'll never get Planet Hulk now. Well, we would never get that the way it should be anyway, because we wouldn't get Silver Surfer. So no, there, but that's, there are. But, but, but yes. if they weighed it, we may have gotten Silver Surfer. What, what's going down now? There's a much higher chance of getting Silver Surfer. But we need. But but Planet Hulk wouldn't have been set up the same way. Planet Hulk was set up because Hulk is a threat to the world. Yeah, which and could, and the greatest minds shunted him off planet sure we didn't get that we 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 just got we we got we got banner taking himself off the board and going god knows where so you know there there weren't we didn't get the whole setup i mean i definitely get what you're saying because i i think we got a better age of ultron movie than we would have if they tried to adapt that comic into a movie so there are definite pros and cons but i i there are you know same thing with um you know, I we're we're I'm of the mind that I think we're getting something I thought at the end of the Defenders that we were getting something along that we were gonna be led down the path of maybe getting um uh born again. But there are things that have happened uh, especially in the sex season of Jessica Jones, that kind of key that, that that's going to prevent some big deals from going down. I have a feeling that we're still we're still going to have Wilson Fisk trying to destroy Matt Murdock's life, but we're not we're probably not going to get the big the big payoff where Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America show up to save Hell's Kitchen, and and Captain America tells Nuke to stand down. I I we're not going to get that scene. So why do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think they do this? I mean, let's well, be let's be honest. A screenwriter, any screenwriter, is not going to write a better story than Born Again. It's just not going to happen. Right. That's a classic. Very few stories achieve 
the the impact that born again has or had it's 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 has it, it, it still exists it's it's extremely well written there's there it resonates there's gravitas in it it's it's the perfect encapsulation of that character it says everything about daredevil daredevil that you'll ever need to know and matt murdoch right it's evergreen you're never gonna write a better story than born again why can't they realize that their source material is available to them anybody who's writing for these shows has read the source material if they don't then they're going to produce a shit screenplay so i would like to think that they've done their homework can they not realize that born again is as good as it's going to get and set up their 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 show to adapt that it's it's the story's done do they not want to give frank some money no, I don't think that's the case because they're they're using a lot of. I mean, you've had stick in a bunch of seasons of these shows. I mean, they're they're, they're definitely you've had Electra. They're they're going to Frank's going to get paid, but the um, I I don't know. I'm of two minds. On one hand, yes, I would like to see some of my favorite stories realized and and seen in a different medium. But on the other hand, I've seen three hundred. I've seen Sin City. I there. I don't need to see everything that I've read, scene for scene, played out on the screen, and and so I'm I'm okay with them not completely adapting the source material to the live action. I, I yes, I absolutely shake my head and, and scratch my head at some of the tweaks that they made and, and decisions that they've had, you know, like with teenage reason and doomsday. And there are just certain things where it, it absolutely boggles my mind that, you know, we, we don't, um, you know, now granted I haven't seen the captain Marvel movie. So I don't know if we're actually going to get Marvel. And the supreme intelligence. I don't know what's going to happen because it's going to take place in the past. So I don't know. I don't know if Carol Danvers ever meets Marvel. I don't know if Rick Jones is going to show up in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I, I don't know if maybe another Kree alien gives her her powers, or or because you know we she was probably never binary did this so so there are things where i'm i kind of want to see them play out i'm, I'm okay with this being an, an offshoot of there be i i enjoy the easter egg hunt i like looking to see okay well that's they they borrowed that scene from infinity gauntlet even though it really it wouldn't have made sense here because they didn't. They, they couldn't use all the characters from Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War. They had to use all the characters that they've been establishing for the past ten years. And so, yeah, I'm I'm okay with them taking liberties as long as it's not offensive or insulting. Yeah. See, I have no desire to see that. That that's not, in my opinion. Born Again is a perfect little glistening diamond of creativity. Right. From the art to the writing, I mean, everything is working in tandem. It is yep. ab- it's absolutely perfect. Yep. So the job that these people have in order, they are tasked with creating a compelling, 
piece of art that's going to delight and astound the viewer and and hopefully you know um utilize the medium of cinema in a way that complements the source material right so you have born again which in all respects is perfect and yet you don't adapt it 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 is if you care about the character of Matt Murdock slash Daredevil and you don't adapt Born Again, then you're doing the character a disservice because you're not presenting him in the best way that has ever been presented. I think you're going to get the high notes. I think you're, I, I think they're going to hit certain beats because when, when, when it comes down to it, that, that really is a story about the Kingpin destroying Matt Murdock and Matt building himself back up. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to get that. I think we're going to get that. I may be wrong, but that's what I believe. I, I think that that's because we haven't seen, we haven't seen Wilson since he's been incarcerated and, and he helped the Punisher get out. So, um, you know, we're, we're due for a Wilson Fisk appearance, whether he does that from jail remains to be seen. Obviously, Karen hasn't gone out to California and become a porn star and, and has given up secret and has given up secrets for Coke. So there aren't a lot of, um, so, so, so we don't have that. So, so someone else is going to have to, um, spill the beans in that case. If, if Wilson even finds that, well, Wilson may just be so pissed off at Murdoch that he just wants Murdoch destroyed and, and doesn't know his secret. I, I think, I think he should. I think it actually, because I, I like it when, when the nemesis, I, I like knowing that Kingpin knows Matt Murdoch is daredevil, not, not, not to hold it over him, not to, not to lord it over him or, or, or say, I'm going to go to the press and let everybody know who you are, but to have that in his pocket as as just something that he has and 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 yes Matt Murdock can know that Wilson knows but it's just one of those things where I'm I'm going to I'm not going to involve anybody else this is me versus you I'm going to use what I have in my possession to take you down and and we're just going at it mano a mano and and I would like Wilson to find out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil but I don't. But I, I, I just I want to see where they go with that. And and you know we haven't seen Vanessa since the first season. So there's just there's there's. I'm really looking forward to the third season of Daredevil. Um, see, I, I'm I'm learning that I have a real problem with comics adapted to other mediums. I, I I'm guessing. I mean, the problem's mine when. I these things that I've loved for all these years are now getting sh- adapted in a in a medium that's viewed by millions of people. Mhm. And it's they're they're bastardizing. Yes, the stuff that I love. But what works on a page 
Like, oh yeah, it's too. Doesn't it's, translate. I know. And, and, I know. And, and I mean, and I'm gonna. I, I to this day, I'm just gonna keep throwing Watchmen out as an as as a prime example of that. And there's, and and there's, oh, he changed the ending, so this way that that's cool. Okay, whatever. But they're just they're, you know, on on one hand, you're absolutely right. You can call it bastardizing, you know, just just trying to make it um, palpable, acceptable for for everybody to consume it. And, and this way more eyes get on the product. Um, and you know what? It wouldn't bother me if, like, say they adapted Venom, Lethal Protector. Uh-huh. You know, like, okay, f- goofy little story that was fun, but, you know, you're going to throw it to a larger audience, adapt it in another medium. Yeah, have your way with it. It's really, it, it, it's not the high point in, in sequential storytelling, right? It, it was fun, whatever. It's just this little thing. But for so for the, the the small potatoes, I really don't care. But if you're going to do Daredevil and you're not going to do Born Again, I'm not going to beat the horse. But well, yeah, you also I, have to set it up. You, you you can't do Born Again right out of the gate. No, but I think at this point in Daredevil, they could do Born Again. Yes, and I, and like I said, at the end of the Defenders, the the when the season the the end of the eighth episode when that when, when that series was done after the credits, we see. Matt Murdock in a cot. Sitting next to him is a nun who says, tell Maggie he's alive. Sweet. There you go. But, right, so, I, I, I don't know. I, it's very frustrating for me to watch these things. It really is. I, I, I learn it with every new TV show or, or movie. I just, there's something from the get-go that doesn't sit right with me like you have a flesh and blood human in the in the form of of thor where my thor is flat mm-hmm. my, my thor is is a three-dimensional character but he exists in two dimensions so to take that and bring it into the another media it's just i'm i'm at a loss from from jump you know, the special effects are never as good as what Kirby and Basima and all those guys put down on the paper. I, I just shouldn't, I should just stay away from these things. I mean, I don't want to sound like the big curmudgeon old dude who, ah, stop messing with my comics. But, but it, that's basically what I am, I guess. I just, I don't, the, the transition is never seamless for me. I just, I don't. I, I, I'm finding more and more that I need this stuff less and less. You, got, you, you guys love it, and I'm, I'm happy for that. And you can talk about it the entire episode if you want to. I'll be glad to listen. But I don't need to experience these things anymore. Sure. No, I get that. I mean, uh, and it's when, when, when you read a comic book, it's very, I guess – solitary isolated like you're reading it and whatever's going you read it as fast as you want to read it even though there are clues as to how fast you should be reading a comic book but 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 you read it at your speed at your pace you could stop it you could you know but that's you're doing that on your own even if you're reading it with somebody unless you stop every few seconds and say okay did you see that you're up to that page and and you know you kind of share the experience that way but in a movie you're watching with other people you're all experiencing things at the same time and and I think there's a there's something special about that aspect of it too. It's not just I'm not just looking at a screen and watching it play out. I'm 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 also 
watching my wife's reactions, especially when something like Rocket is on the screen or, or, you know, or Hulk is flailing Loki about. And, and so there are, there, I can, I can then, you know, I can turn around and show her, like when she reads House of M, you know, we can, we can joke about, you know, that Peter and Mary Jane or that version of Misty Knight, you know, so there's, there's a connection there, but it's not, it's not the same. And, and you're, I don't think, yes, obviously they can both exist and, and you don't, you don't, you know, you can have one and not need the other. And, and that's, that's absolutely fine. I, I mean, I, I'm selfish. I wish not so much that you would, I, I, Yes, I, I wish that you would watch them, but I, I also wish that if you did, that that you would enjoy them. So this way we could, you know, all discuss them. And and that's that's there is absolutely nothing. This isn't eleven o'clock MCU. This isn't you know we're right, we're right. so we can definitely give and take whatever we decide not not to watch or read. But there, I I definitely feel you on wanting to see things stay true to the source material. But I also realize that, you know, they, they've established certain things in this world. Like obviously um, they, they also, because of when the comics were made, like you couldn't have, they still had Luke Cage incarcerated. They still had Carl Lucas incarcerated and, and, and Luke trying to, you know, make himself better after that. And whereas when Luke Cage, came out in the seventies, the world was a little different. The attitude was a little different. Um, it, same thing with the Punisher. This Punisher isn't a Vietnam vet. Frank Castle's not a Vietnam vet. He, he's, he's a soldier, but you know, there, there were definite, you kind of have same thing with Iron Man. Tony Stark wasn't in the Korean war. He sold weapons obviously. And, and he was injured in an attack and uh, still kind of made the suit the same way. So I mean, they, they stayed true to they, they kind of stay true to the core they just have to tweak the, the 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 outside layers of the onion and and that's that's just yeah i'm 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 okay with the it to, to for the most part i am okay with some of the uh considerations they have to make right long story short for me the novelty of these things has worn off okay i don't need them but I, I love hearing you guys talk about them because there's genuine enthusiasm in your voice when you talk about them. So great, do it. What else oh, we, we got? Will. What else we got? We got. We might have any travel soon. What? Well, yeah, dude. I have something. What you got? Blast from the past. Um, um, what I'm going to try and do, at least once an episode, I'm going to focus on something I bought at Heroes. Really? Yeah, why not? We got enough. Oh, you're going to kick my ass. I still haven't, I still haven't opened my box. What, well, dude? Really? I know. Dude. Oh, I know why. Weekend. I know why. Yeah, I know why. Why? Oh, why. Because of the, the whole thing today. Yeah. 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 Well, Which yeah, is yeah. understandable. Um, well, I don't think you've read this. At least okay. not At least not in this form. Um, this is a definite blast from the past. It was written by Maurice Fotenot. Do you know what company this is from based just on that name? I'll give you another hint. It was illustrated by Rags Morales. 
Oh, damn. Ken Branch was the inker, and Bill Dunn was the colorist. The editor-in-chief, I tell you this, you're going to get it. <laughs> Bob Layton was the editor-in-chief. Oh, well, then it's definitely a Valiant comic. It is a Valiant comic, and it's <laughs> it's called Geomancer. Wow. Have you ever read any of the Geomancer comics? I may have read, I think, the first one. It didn't last long. No. It only lasted, I think, eight or nine issues. Um, I, I bought one to five at the show. I, I now have the whole run. Yeah, big deal. But um, we didn't catch this when we were reading New Valiant because we're old and we forget things. But the name of the Geomancer in this series was Clay McHenry. Oh, snap. Yeah. And the name of the Geomancer in the current Valiant, U- Valiant Universe that, that died was K. McHenry. Yep. So it was a nice nod to this series, which, you know, I had read as it was coming out, but didn't remember. And it, it's a cool little Easter egg. But Clay McHenry was a disgraced police officer. He got in with a crowd of officers that was doing things that they shouldn't be doing, being um, badge-carrying, protect-and-serve officers of the law. Um, and he and his partner paid the price. They, After a while, they were like, you know, we really shouldn't be doing this. This is not good. I just got into this, you know, for a little bit extra scratch, but it's becoming too much now. I want to get out. But, you know, what happens when you get into a situation like that, when there's people involved in it other than yourself, getting out is not so easy, especially when you're breaking the law, which all these officers were doing. So those that stand to lose the most from you getting out, I mean, you're a wild card. We don't know if you're going to talk to somebody. We don't know if you're going to go to internal affairs and tell them what's up. So you know what? You're going to die. So these cops take it upon themselves to to eliminate Clay McHenry and his partner. But what they end up doing is Clay's blinded in the ordeal. Uh, Takes a bullet to the temple. It just grazes him. But it, it, he's blinded, and his partner is crippled. And um, so he leaves the force. He, he's out. But the earth, it whispers to him, and enter Gilead, the Eternal Warrior, who is, mm-hmm. who is the fist and steel directed by the Geomancer. And Gilead says, you're the one, dude. I, I, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't see what makes you so special, but... You're the geomancer, and Clay's like, I don't know what you're freaking talking about. And he's like, okay, here's the book. And something happens where um, the, the, the earth whispers to, to Clay, and he's like, oh, I guess there's something to this. And um, the, I, I love the character of the geomancer because it is the heart of the Valiant Universe. Yeah, you have Exo, who's cool, um, and, and the Eternal Warrior, who's this this stalwart emissary of trying to, to, to keep things in balance. And you have, you know, at, at this point you have Turok and, and Rye and they're all just great characters, but they all serve the geomancer without the geomancer. Everything falls apart, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm thinking, what if the valiant universe was real? The geomancer 
now, if he existed in our world, would be shit and bricks. With all the the rollbacks on these environmental laws that we're seeing, and yeah. uh, the geomancer would be fucking freaking out. I mean, it would be, it'd be Armageddon. There'd be shit going down like you would not believe. But that's only make believe. Um, and so is this. But this series is so cool because number one, illustrated by Rags Morales, who looks pretty much as fully formed as he was on um his his great dc work like his hawkman this is as good as his hawkman oh wow yeah it's different but his figure drawing is amazing he draws clay McHenry like a brick shithouse this guy is huge his forearms are like legs damn yeah he's he's gigantic and um you could tell that this was a product of the 90s because Clay walks around. He's got a do-rag on, and it has runes written on it. He wears, for whatever reason, a down jacket, a down vest, and it's pink. That's wears, a good look. He wears a pink down vest with a black T-shirt with a peace symbol on it and jeans and um, what, I guess amounted to Timberlands back <laughs> back in the day like he's got like work boots on and he's got his pants all rolled up so he's he's got gloves without fingers I don't know why the geomancer needs gloves without fingers but he wears gloves it's so 90s right and then you got the eternal warrior who is also built like a brick shit house and he has this blue spandex on but he wears a leather jacket so this could be your wonder man Mm. He's got this goofy ass <laughs> costume, but I love it. I love everything about it. And there's a rise of necromancy in this thing. Somebody is out for the geomancer, the shadowy, cloaked figure. Um, and and most of it is just Clay coming to terms with his new role, and he and lot going back and forth like you're not worthy yes i am you're not worthy yes i am you know they're going back and forth and you know say what you will clay doesn't really have superpowers and he's holding his own against the eternal warrior like how is that possible i don't know yeah, like. yeah it's this is a great little series and you get the psychodrama um clay's past comes to haunt him he he sees he was married but the woman left him and he sees the woman being taken by this cloaked figure who then becomes his cousin, uh, Elliot Zorn. And the cousin tries to screw him over. He invites him to his villa. And he tries to take the book of the Geomancer as if the book alone would make you a Geomancer, which that's not how it works. Right. You know, he who possesses the book is not the Geomancer. The, the earth has to choose the Geomancer. And you ain't chosen, buddy. Um, but it's... It's just it's it's comfort food for me. I love the Valiant Universe. The Geomancer is one of my favorite characters, depending on what time of the week or what day of the week you ask me. But I, I do have a, a an abundance of love for Valiant. So anything works for me, Valiant. And this is just it, it was just fun. Like I got what issues one to five for fifty cents each. Read them in one clip. And I was just, it just made me happy to read this stuff. It's good comics. They're wordy as AF. <laughs> I mean, it'll take you a long time to read each of these issues. 
But in addition to, to the main story, like I love seeing the American entertainment ads. Hot, yes. You know, the hot books. And you can order all 41 zero-hour books for 50 bucks. We'll send them all to you. And they're great. Yeah. And they're going to live forever. And no. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's amazing. Um, another thing that's great about this, and this is something that I've said I wanted to do multiple times. Long-time listeners will realize that I've said this. I want to to get a list of all of the geomancers and their time periods, the name and the time period in which they resided, not only from the OG Valiant, from, but from the new Valiant, just to see how many geomancers there have been in this fictional universe. Um, did you know that Joan of Arc was a geomancer? I want to say I did know that. Yeah, it's in issue five here. The, the, the voices she was hearing in her head was the earth speaking to her. And, of course, she's burned at the stake, and uh, the Eternal Warrior was her friend, and comes to her, he's like, Joni, I can get you out of this. Just just say the word. And she's like, no, 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 no. I have to die. The, the Earth has told me that I must die in order for certain things to happen. So, uh, you're my boo. I, thank you very <laughs> much for offering, but I got to do this. And she's burned at the stake, and Gilad is watching from... Um, a parapet just watching his friend burn this is great stuff so if if you're at a con or your LCS and you see a cheapy box and the Geomancer comic is in there scoop them because they're fun fun stuff I agree really good Rags Morales he was he was invested in this work let's just leave it at that (laughs) <laughs> right uh, there you go alright so you want to take this puppy home let's take this puppy home let me write down on this this because uh, I got to prepare for meeting Monday and try to stay awake during them Geomancer um, I'm glad that the, the show notes are, are a hit with the uh, patrons and what do I mean about that well if you're not in the know what I what I do with each episode is I write down show notes. I, 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 for a long time, I did it in a little notebook. Nobody yes. saw, nobody saw them. But I, I said, Hey, how about if I write the show notes on a backing board and then include it in our patron care packages? And people seem to like it. Dap's going to put a little piece of his skin in future boxes. Jason's going to cut up the parasol and you're going to get an actual piece <laughs> of fabric from Jason's parasol. It's a good thing. It is but, a good thing. Yeah, if you're interested in what this whole pa- Patreon thing is, go to patreon.com forward slash all right. It's not all right. It's- One was okay. <laughs> Two is not good. If you're interested in this, what this, it's okay. What this Patreon thing is all about, go to patreon.com forward slash 110COMICS and you will be smacked in the face with a minimal amount of stuff because. You're not a patron, and most of the stuff is for patrons five dollars and up. Like that's the baseline. If you if you're you're a dollar patron, you get to see certain stuff. If you're a five dollar patron, you get to see stuff a lot more stuff. That's just how it works. You have to set tiers, and we we hate to exclude anyone, but there has to be some kind of incentives, right? 
for the yes. you know so that's how it works it's all based on incentive and the the more you you pledge the more incentives you get such as a biannually care package a big old box of books that we send to you just for being so awesome and funding what we do here and um so far people have not been complaining let's just say that so and um that's not to say if if you if you cannot or if you choose not to um support the show in that way if you if if you wish not to be a patron um you do still benefit because yeah. this episode in particular uh is even though it is sponsored by this kind of complex service you um you're getting an extra one this week and um uh, and the episode we will record during the week uh, with all three of us will be our book of the month, which the patrons voted on. But once the patrons vote on the book, we let everybody know so they can all uh, pitch in if they feel like it. So yeah. that's, um, you know, again, it's, it's, we have the incentives has been talked about, but uh, hopefully everybody benefits. Yes. That's the thing. The patrons support, and they lift everybody up. Everybody. So that's, everybody. that's we're, we are genuinely indebted to all of you. Listeners, you don't have to be a patron. You, we are in your debt for just listening to this, coming on our 11 O'Clock Comics Facebook page and, and contributing that way or being on the Twitters or wherever we are. If we have an interaction with you, we are... 100% in your debt for paying attention to us mooks. Who cares, right? You guys do. And so we love you for it. So thank you. In your trap. No, wait. Um, as always, <laughs> this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Write them down because you're not going to hear them again. From Dynamite, Further Adventures of Red Sonia, Trade Paperback, Volume 1, $9.99. IDW, The Black Crown Imprint. House Amok, number one, $1.99. And Leviathan from Image Comics, number one, uh, $3.99. But uh-uh, you get it for $1.99. In your travels, peruse the previews catalog. That's what I'm going to say because I shot my wad on everything else. Um, this month coming is going to be the costliest month for me. I can tell you without a doubt, it, I'm going to be over the red line because Avatar has put their books on hold yet again, and they are liquidating their trade paperbacks for $5.99 a piece. And the one solicited in this previews is Hickman's God is Dead, volumes one to eight. I love that series. I don't have the complete series to get it for five ninety nine a volume. There is Max Brooks Extinction Parade, both series for five ninety nine a piece. Night of the Living Dead, three volumes for five ninety nine a piece. It's crazy how Damn. much. Yeah, and so I'm 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 paging through the previews and I'm like, this is going to be a light month. And I get to the Avatar section and I see all these books for five ninety nine. After discount comes like four bucks and change 
to get a $20 trade paperback for $4 and change? Get out of here. I got to order them. I'll get rid of my single issues. Keep the trades. No brainer. So check out your previews, make your order, and then watch our previews uh, videos on the, on the Patreon thing because we do them. Every month we get a little video of what we're interested in or excited about and we just, we vamp, we go through it and it's, it's fun. So that's my inner travels. Look through your previews. And spend, I will. Well, spend I'm looking a lot through of money. previews I still have to order from. Um, in your travels, catch up on Mr. Miracle like I did. And issue nine is a kick in the taint. There's, um, there has issue. Um, actually, I'm sorry. Issue nine is, is, is the kick in the taint. The issue eight, um, was a, was a really, I wasn't going to say fun because of some of the things that happen in it, but it's 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 a cool take on um, Scott and Barta uh, doing their parenting duties, and and while one is handling business on Apocalypse, one is home with Jacob, and um, and vice versa. That is a really um, good loving family type issue. Uh, issue nine is basically Mr. Miracle and um, is sitting across the table negotiating with um, Calabac. And there are little things here and there that uh, Tom and Mitch put into the issue, like the table. They are sitting across from one another at... um, There are no legs to this table. This table is actually being held up by slaves chained to the floor, and the table is on their backs. Um, there, there are some really interesting conversations in in this issue in issue nine, but the ninth, the last page is what um, really kind of hit me in the gut. So that uh, I'm not going to spoil it's just something that uh, you need to you need to see and and there's some really almost heart-wrenching moments in the issue leading up to the last page but definitely if you haven't you know we've talked about it plenty of times in the past um but check out mr miracle by tom king and mitch jareds with covers by mitch and dick darrington Sweet. You think the kid's going to make it out of the series alive? I I want to say yes. But if he does, I think it's because of what Scott agrees to at the end of the ninth issue. Hmm. Okay. I guess I got to get caught up then. Yes. Okay. Okay. But I also think that for Tom to really dot the eye of this series Jacob may not right that's what I was thinking yeah but there you go happy yeah. thoughts <laughs> hey thank <laughs> thank you for sitting in on this all feel good episode of 11 o'clock comics Jason <laughs> will be back hopefully 
uh, for the book of the month next episode. We hope you will return as well because we couldn't do this without you. Uh, we love you so much. In the meantime, say good night, David. Make it easy. Wow. Good night, David. Perfect. It's easy. Yeah, you're perfect. You always are. Come back, people. We'll be here waiting for you. Lady, y'all. Bye.